Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome into another edition of Future Brew, everybody. Right here on maizeandbrew.com. I'm Vaughn Lozon, and joining me today is Maize and Brew recruiting contributor Seth Barry. Seth Fan, how you doing? We've got uh, quite a bit going on, so I'm I'm excited to have another podcast with you. How you doing, man? Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, I think there's you know we're we're getting to that part of the the summer where you know the recruiting world and uh, the landscape for for Michigan and other teams are really heating up here, and obviously we have a few commit dates coming up here and going to talk about a few of those guys. And obviously we just had a, a class of 2024 commit that kind of, um, you know, when you're looking at the 2023 class and, you know, you're kind of looking at all, all, all those guys, you're kind of ready for one of those. And then all of a sudden the 2024 comes up. So that was, uh, you know, it keeps you on your toes. It certainly does. Cause that was a, a commitment that I was full transparency, not expecting whatsoever. So let's just start today's podcast chatting about him. The latest and the very first actual uh, addition to Michigan football's 2024 class. His name is Mason Curtis, and he is a four-star linebacker in that 2024 class. He is six foot four, weighs around 190, 200 pounds. So he certainly has some weight to pack on. He's from Nashville, Tennessee, has other offers from Michigan State, Kentucky, West Virginia, uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Tennessee, of course, being the in-state school, uh, Louisville, several others uh, kind of in that region of the United States. He was offered by Michigan back in April, took his first visit to Ann Arbor this past weekend, and apparently uh, felt the need to just shut everything down 
uh, the visit went that well. He is the number two player in the state of Tennessee, number 14 at the linebacker position, number 203 overall on the 24-7 sports composite. And he spoke with Bryce Marich from the Michigan Insider after he committed and said that it felt like home, that being Michigan, uh, from the time that I came on campus to the time I left. And he noted that the coaches were authentic in what they had told him. And he thinks it's the best decision, uh, not only because of the football program, but because of the academics as well. So, Seth, I'll pass it over to you. Just want to get your reaction to this news, because, again, I was not expecting this to drop at all. So what was your reaction to this one? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, when we're talking about the if we were to pre- predict the next guy who was going to commit, you know, we for sure would think of, you know, it'd be a class of 2023 guy. So yeah, this, I was in the same boat, just totally caught me off guard, but um, yeah, just, just reading up on him. And I know um, on three had an article that I was kind of reading by EJ Holland and he caught up with his high school coach um, um, over in Ensworth. Uh, he's from Nashville. So so yeah, he's just, you know, kind of talking about his, his different, you know, attributes. He's, he sounds like he's a really versatile player. I'm athletic. He's, he's grown. Like he just continues to grow, grow vertically. Um, he's, he's tried to put on weight and I think a good, you know, good off season of, of putting on some weight will, will do him some good in that regard. But um, like you can, you can move him around. I think in Jesse Minter, Minter's defense, um, it was obviously it was telling, that you know he took the the unofficial last weekend and was just so blown away um even with you know some of his other uh big time offers that that he was able to uh to just make the call and commit to Michigan um I know he really hit it off with 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 coach uh Steve Klinkscale um you know and, and he has a lot of Nashville ties as well and um that certainly I think helped things in this matter but uh yeah it just sounds like you know a really versatile player um I, he plays some um, some offense apparently a little bit in high school as well. Don't know if that'll translate to to the college level or not, but he has a brother that plays at middle Tennessee state. Um, his dad, I guess at one point played at, at Clemson. So, um, sounds like just a really athletic family and in a good get here for Michigan and impressive that they were able to, to make a move and land, land him, you know, so early in this, in this process for Curtis. It'll be interesting to see where the development comes uh, before he even gets to college, as far as his body goes, because at six four, um, yeah, you can certainly do a lot with that. As a linebacker, I I don't really like if he just keeps growing. I'm not sure if he's going to stick with the linebacker position. I wouldn't be surprised if he were more of a uh, edge rusher uh, at the next level. Because you know, if he gets to six five, six six, even, I mean, he would certainly outgrow that linebacker spot. And being about 190 or 200 pounds, I would imagine if he continues to grow, uh, as you say, like height wise, I I would imagine that that would just uh, translate to uh, racking up weight as well. So it'll be really interesting to see because if he sticks with the six, four around 200 pounds, perhaps he plays uh, a a more traditional linebacker position, but I think uh, if he's 6'4 and still growing, as uh, the On3 article says, wouldn't be shocked to see him as an edge rusher at the next level. Um, yeah, what, what are your maybe thoughts keeps, on that? Yeah, I mean, if he keeps that same build and he just keeps growing, then maybe it's, 
it's Michigan's, you know, second tight end they're looking for in, in, uh, you know, for the next class, but just another, t- who knows, um, you know, yeah. if he's, if he's just that versatile and can play the offensive side of the ball as well, you know, if he keeps growing, kind of keeps the same build, you know, who knows where that translates to the college level. But, um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like if he's, if he keeps on the trend he's on, it's yeah, he's going to kind of outgrow that, that linebacker position, I think. And, but, you know, with, with Michigan's versatility and the way they can move people around and play different packages, um, I think they'll they'll be able to find a place for him. And I'm, I'm sure Mike Elston is is excited about him as well. Just kind of, you know, looking his chops to to see and, you know, where he can he can move him around or use him, um, you know, at, at an edge position as well. So just a lot of different ways, I think I think this can go, but certainly a player that Michigan should should be excited about. Yeah, Michigan's had a quite the success over the last few seasons with uh, I, I guess non-traditional linebackers like your Ojabos and Uche's guys that kind of have a hybrid role of not only being a linebacker but an edge rusher more so more so the edge rusher spot than linebacker but uh, I, I always think of the play it was 2019 the Penn State game where Uche was uh, uh, running downfield with KJ Hamler. So I I don't know. I mean, there are certainly a lot of things that uh, uh, could transpire out of this. He could stick with linebacker. He could grow into a defensive end. Or like you say, he could end up being a wide receiver, a tight end as an offensive skill player. So it's really interesting. uh, The first player that commits to the 24 class is this athlete that uh, really, uh, I guess it'll be dictated on how much he grows, but uh, you can really put him at a few different spots. The one other thing I wanted to ask you, Seth, was, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, because I certainly was expecting a bit more uh, 2023 commits to roll in after a month's worth of official visits. Uh, But whenever you get a kid to commit in any class, uh, you'll gladly take it, especially one as versatile and talented as Mason Curtis. So how how well positioned do you think uh, Michigan is in this 2024 class now that they had uh, the first ball drop? And I guess subsequently, uh, how well positioned do you think they are moving forward uh, with the 23 class? Because it's been a bit of a slow mover uh, over the last uh, few months or so. I mean, you know, when, when you talk about Michigan football recruiting as of, the last couple of months, I know it's, you know, when you, when you see Dante Moore trending um, toward Oregon and, you know, Michigan is obviously a big player for their, for that recruitment. And it looks like that they're going to lose out there. Um, you know, just, just the momentum overall, obviously you have CJ Carr class of 2024 that, that got away from another in-state quarterback, um, you know, but I think like, like say, you make the good point, getting that first ball to kind of drop and, and get the ball rolling for the 24 class. Um you know, a lot of people are going to be keeping an eye on Jaden Davis uh, and see what goes on there uh, as far as the quarterback position. And I know I'm on the quarterback um, stuff right now, but just that that'll kind of be what, you know, as as time goes forward with this 23 class and, and, and if we get up to July here and, you know, there's a few few guys that could that could potentially commit on July 1st. So I think if that happens, um, you know, I think Michigan would be able to to create some more momentum, first of all, in this 23 class, but moving forward as well in the, in the class of 24 too. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, you can, you can see people's, you know, frustration, you know, kind of starting to build in the, you know, in the Michigan football recruiting world. Um, But, you know, these things, I mean, they, 
they go up and down. And like I say, you can look at the 23 class rankings right now and, and they won't be even close to, to what those will end up being um, by, by the time it's all said and done. So, um, but yeah, I think moving forward, you know, it's anytime you get news of a, you know, of landing a prospect, whether it's class of 23, 24, you know, I think that's, that's a good sign. And hopefully they can, then they can keep the ball kind of rolling um, in terms of forward momentum in both classes. Yeah, you would hope so, certainly, just because with the way that 23 is going, and I know we'll talk about it here in just a second, a little bit of a cause for concern. Uh, I would have certainly expected a lot more out of this class Uh, up to this point with four weekends of official visits with a ton. I I mean, a ton of highly ranked kids. But I mean, like I said, anytime you get a kid to commit in any class, um, you'll gladly take it. And Curtis is a talented kid. So uh, definitely celebrate this news. But let's move on to 23 uh, since I brought it up. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit and, uh, and really go through all of this because the Wolverines hosted uh, a handful of recruits, uh, not only this entire month, because they certainly did, but this past weekend uh, for official visits as well. Uh, this, is, this was the last weekend of official visits for the month of June, uh, right before the dead period, which is now firmly in effect. So coaches cannot reach out to players until the last week of uh, July, which is right when the barbecue at the big house always takes place. So that'll be uh, the next weekend that kids can actually visit. Uh, I I guess any campus, but uh, if you're going to visit Michigan, that's going to be the weekend to do it uh, is for the barbecue at the big house um, uh, before fall practices really start rolling in. Uh, But a few big time targets have a planned commitment date for this Friday, July 1st. And I expect Michigan to land at least one of these guys. And I want to talk about these three guys a little more in depth. Let's just start with the most likely of the bunch to commit, in my opinion. And that is three-star wide receiver Frederick Moore. He's six foot, 175 pounds uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, has multiple crystal balls in favor of Michigan to land him. He officially visited a few weeks ago, put out a top five list last Friday. Uh, which is Michigan, Texas A&M, Illinois, Minnesota, and Cincinnati. Uh, So uh, the only other official visit that he took inside that top five other than Michigan is Illinois. So it really goes to show that perhaps those three other schools aren't really uh, much of consideration for Frederick Moore. As a junior during the 2021 season, uh, he had 41 catches, 1,010 yards and 12 touchdowns also had three return touchdowns on special teams. And uh, along with football, he also runs track and field at his high school. So Seth, I will uh, pass back to you. I I think Moore is a pretty solid prospect uh, would be a a pretty decent addition to the class. What do you think the chances are that he commits to Michigan? And uh, is there anything in particular you like about his game? Cause I think he's more of like a, like a, a shifty, a very good route runner as a wide receiver. I don't think he's going to be the fastest guy on the field, uh, much like Samaj Morgan, actually, their other wide receiver commit. Not going to be the fastest guy in the field, but is definitely going to uh, have that knowledge and be able to get open and uh, turn those hopefully into uh, uh, yards after the catch. Uh, so I'll pass it over to you uh, and I will stop rambling now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think he's this guy in Frederick Moore that I think Michigan's been 
in a good position in, um, you know, in his recruitment for a while, um, you know, and I, I do think by the time, you know, that date comes around that he will end up a Wolverine. Um, you know, what I like about his game, I mean, I think, like say, he's not going to blow you away with, with a ton of speed, um, but you might be able to put him, you know, in different positions in terms of being in the slot and, and just being a good route runner, uh, you know, to be able to create some mismatches with some linebackers to where you can get the ball out to him in, in open space and he can turn a, you know, what looks like a five or six yard gain into 15 or 20, you know, just with, with the way um, you might use him in within your offense within Sharon Moore's and Matt Weiss's uh, scheme. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, he's a good prospect. He'd be a good addition. Um, you know, I don't know if he would, he doesn't, probably not quite the speed of like an AJ Henning to where, you know, you use them in and end, end arounds and reverses and on the, and in the kick return game. I don't, you know, I don't know if, if he's that type of player. I, I know Michigan, they like those, those type of receivers as well, who, you know, in the past, you think of like an Eddie McDoom or, you know, guys who, who just kind of run those jet sweeps and, you know, end arounds, but um, you know, being, being in his position too, he's going to have to, you know, if he's a good blocker, um, you know, he's going to have to block and, and Michigan likes those guys who, you know, maybe they, they get eight to 10 touches a year, but they're, they're good in the run game, right. In terms of blocking um, they're good at, you know, route running and deception and, you know, turning, you know, blocking two or three yards downfield or yard downfield and then getting upfield and then being able to, to run a route or make a catch. So um, yeah, I mean, I, th I think he would turn into a, a solid, a solid player that could be valuable in Michigan's offense. You know, he's not going to, I don't think blow you away with, you know, 40 catches, you know, um, but it's just a solid all around uh, receiver and Jim Harbaugh's offense is going to be asked to do the technical basic things, but doing really well at the same time. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I, my outlook on him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like uh, him as a prospect as well. I, I think you kind of nailed all of that. I think he's a solid player would pair up well with a guy like Samaj Morgan. And uh, yeah, I mean, the sky's kind of the limit for that. So uh, yeah, I, I really like him as a prospect and I think he would be a welcome addition to the class. That's, that's for damn sure. So let's move on here and uh, talk about four-star defensive lineman, Collins Anchiampong. Uh, th this dude is huge at six, seven, two fifty-five. He's from the state of California uh, is going to be playing his senior season at Santa Margarita and uh, will play uh, as a senior as oh, er, er, I guess in one of the toughest leagues in high school football in the entire country, uh, which has schools like Matter Day and St. John Bosco uh, in them. So he hasn't played football since his freshman season because his sophomore year was uh, the COVID season. And then his previous uh, high school program was cut because of the pandemic for his junior year. But his freshman season, he had 51 tackles. 15 tackles for loss, nine sacks, one fumble recovery uh, during that freshman year. So uh, that's the only year that he's played football competitively, uh, but he still has a ton of upside. It just doesn't have a, a lot of experience and a lot of reps. So he, he officially visited Michigan the same weekend as uh, Frederick Moore did June 10th. And uh, he saw Miami, Florida this past weekend, uh, which is a school that is very involved in uh, the pay for play NIL game if you will. So all five crystal balls are still in for Michigan as of right now. Uh, but with the way that Miami's kind of going after kids, Seth, uh, with this uh, pay for play kind of method, which 
uh, granted, a lot of schools are doing this. And I, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked uh, to see Michigan lose more recruit, recruitments because of that, uh, including this one. Honestly, I would not be shocked if he uh, uh, ended up going to Miami. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this recruitment and where you think he ends up at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think Michigan's made that very clear, right? Um, when all these other schools are, are kind of in the in the NIL game, you know, not that Michigan's not in it, but they're they're not going to have this pay for play style method, and you just wonder, you know, how that's going to play out, um, you know, until things get more regulated with NIL and and how many guys they they will lose because of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Anchiapong is a guy that that's been on the radar for for quite a while that, you know, obviously the five crystal balls, he's been, he's been trending in, in Michigan's direction. Um, but it, it does have me nervous, you know, like, like you were saying on Miami and, you know, the schools that are, that are going after him and, you know, maybe he gets that day and, you know, he, he, he flips and he or, or turns around and says, you know, I'm not coming to Michigan, but um, I think, you know, obviously time will tell, we'll, we'll see, you know, when it comes up, but th- this will be, he'll be a guy to where obviously great prospect, you know, and, and you talk about his inexperience and, you know, I don't think Michigan is too concerned about that because I mean, we've seen guys in the past that have come through Michigan that, you know, the coaches aren't really worried about their, um, you know, their, their experience necessarily their you know, the potential and their ceiling. And by the time they get one or two years in, you know, Michigan's confident that they can develop these guys. And, and he's a guy that has all the athletic potential and natural gifts in the world. So Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a player to where, you know, you get to commitment day and you're sweating it out a little bit because, um, you know, it, it could happen to where, where Michigan doesn't end up with them. But I, I mean, it, obviously they're, they're still in a good spot, but not as, as good a spot as they, they once were, I think. So yeah, it's, I think it has, it, it'll be telling to where if Anchi and Pong doesn't commit and he, and he goes elsewhere, I think we're, it's going to say a lot about Michigan's NIL and and going forward and how many um how many they could lose out on and like it could be a, a trendsetter and, and in a negative direction and you don't want to see that so hopefully that's not the case but um we'll see you know it's a new age in recruiting so so this is one of those situations to where um you know something like that could happen yeah I I think you make a great point about uh, the trend setting part of, of the NIL uh, with the way that Michigan is approaching it. And it's a, a, a way that a lot of people, a lot of Michigan fans don't necessarily agree with just because you're probably going to miss out on a lot of kids more often than not uh, because of NIL, because you're not paying them up front like these other schools like Miami, uh, Tennessee, very clearly Louisville, very clearly you're going to start missing out on kids that you normally wouldn't miss out on because of that. And if Pong does for some reason end up going to Miami, um, it'd be a huge loss because Michigan right now has five crystal balls for Pong to land at Michigan. I know EJ Holland over at the Wolverine is very high on Pong as a prospect. And, and he has been saying uh, pretty much ever since he visited Michigan, that he was very confident that Pong would end up at Michigan. So this would be a complete change of events. And I saw an article earlier today where he talked with uh, Greg Biggins of 24-7. He's like the West Coast, one of the West Coast guys. And uh, he said that he was hoping to make his decision with the next day or two and that he still had a few things to think about. 
And even even Greg Biggins in the comments section was like, uh, pretty much alluded to like, oh, I wonder what he's going to be thinking about the next day or two. Like, we all know what he's right. thinking about. He's thinking about the money that Miami offered him. Uh, more more likely than not, I can't imagine he'd be thinking about much else because uh, he's seen all of his. Uh, he's seen the the campus of Miami. He's seen the campus of Michigan. He's talked in person with both uh, coaching staffs. He shouldn't really have a whole lot else to think about. So uh, I would anticipate if he does go to Miami, uh, it would be because of money. And, you know, maybe that's just pure speculation on my part. But in this day and age of NIL, I can't imagine another reason why a kid with five crystal balls uh, coming out of his official visit to Michigan uh, would end up going somewhere else. Uh, You know, it it just it would seem fishy to me. but I really think you're onto something, Seth, about how that would kind of change uh, the way. I, I think they, uh, quite honestly, I think they should probably change their NIL approach a little bit. I know that they're trying to do their best with the current players. And, you know, they claim that it's the right way to do things. But it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, everybody's got an opinion about this stuff. But it, it'll be very interesting to see how it goes moment forward. Um, I think they'll either, I'll comment on that just real quickly. I think they'll either yeah. have to, they'll either have to change their approach a little bit and, and the way they do things and kind of, you know, match what, what other schools are doing or, or you're going to see them pushing for more regulation, um, you know, to, to kind of either with the NCAA and, and just saying like, Hey, you know, let's, let's regulate this a little bit so we can, so we can still sell our facilities, sell our academics, you know, the tr- traditional things that Michigan yeah. can can sell their program on. Um, I think maybe that might be more likely than, you know, because I think some of this will get cleaned up down the road in terms of, you know, just the free for all that it is right now. I mean, I think, I don't think you can continue to, to have some of these things go on that are happening. So I think Michigan's big hope is that, you know, by the time, okay, maybe when the dust settles, you know, we'll, there'll be some more regulation on this and it'll, it'll put things kind of back to, to even, even ground, you know, we could sell our program on the traditional things that have always mattered. So I could certainly see that too. I mean, if they start losing out on kids that they shouldn't lose out on like uh, a CJ Carr or a Dante Moore, uh, uh, you know, these in-state highly regarded kids that uh, have been recruited by Michigan. uh, Well, Dante Moore has been recruited by Michigan since he was in seventh or eighth grade. So uh, if he ends up going to Oregon, uh, you know, maybe it's because Michigan flopped the recruitment, but maybe it's because Oregon offered him a, a, a lucrative NIL deal with Nike, because that is very much a thing. So, yeah, I, I really think they need to uh, take a further look at this or like you kind of mentioned there, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to fight the way that NIL works, which I do. I do agree. It's like the wild, wild west out there right now and things will get sorted out. But it, like I said, if, if Pong goes to Miami, I think uh, there'll probably be a lot of pissed off people in Ann Arbor, but uh, you know, in my yeah, opinion, to the they did it to themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yep. At the mm-hmm. very least. So, all right, <laughs> enough of that. We went on a side quest there uh, for a moment, had to get off my soapbox. Let's talk about this uh, final kid who's going to be committing uh, somewhere on July 1st. And that is the highest ranked kid of these three players, four-star defensive lineman, Jackson Howard. Uh, He's 6'4", 245. He's from the state of Minnesota, has a final four of Michigan, 
Miami, LSU, and Minnesota. Uh, he has officially visited all four of his finalists. He was at Minnesota first and then went to Michigan for Victor's weekend, then visited LSU on a midweek official visit. And then just like Pong was in Miami this past weekend. Seth, I don't mean to really sound like a broken record here, but this is another one where Michigan could certainly lose this recruitment because of NIL. Two of his four finalists are in the SEC, and you know that they're just dishing out money left and right. Or, but not in the SEC, SEC territory, I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, but you know that they're dishing out NIL money left and right. I'm not really feeling confident about this one. Where are you at with the recruitment of Jackson Howard? Yeah, Howard Howard is a guy that, you know, obviously that, that Michigan has been able to stay in the mix with. Um, I don't I haven't ever felt fully confident that he would ever that he would commit to the Wolverines. Um, just I mean, and a part of that is because of, you know, it, and different reporters have uh, said this, that he's just kind of close to the vest. You know, he doesn't give a, a ton of information. I mean, there's, that's why there, there's no crystal balls on him um, projected at all. So um, yeah, he's, he's just, I think overall kind of been a hard guy to read. Um, you, you have to give Mike Elston credit for at least getting in the mix and with some of these higher ranked uh, prospects that are edge rushers and, and Howard is, is no different in terms of, you know, his, his game and his ceiling. Um you know, six four, two forty five, just has a ton of potential. Uh, plays both sides of the ball in uh, in high school. Is a great, you know, is a great uh, a tight end in high school. So, um, but you know, his, his game translate translates more to the edge rusher in in college. But but yeah, I I feel like this is a guy that, like I said, I've never been super confident that he that he is going to to commit to Michigan. So, like I said, just just been a hard guy to read and a hard hard guy to. Um, to kind of predict one way or the other, but um, yeah, he's Michigan stayed in touch. They've been able to, you know, obviously get in the mix of that, his final four, but I just, I, I don't, I don't feel this one. I don't, I don't think he's, he's going to come into Michigan. I mean, maybe he could, he could surprise um, at the end of the day, but I, I just, like I said, it's, he's been, he's a little unpredictable in, in terms of uh, getting a read on him. So yeah, that that's to say the least. He he seems like one of those kids that he's got like the best poker face of all time when he's on visits because he doesn't really show a whole lot of emotion from what I've read and what I've heard. Uh, yeah, I, I could see this one going either way. Um, you know, maybe he uh, ends up picking Michigan at the end of the day just because it's it's not too far from home. It's got, you know, everything that you could want with the academics and the on-field product. Or maybe he just goes south, whether it's to LSU or Miami, and just goes for the NIL money and uh, the exposure on national TV. Because you know that these schools, LSU and Miami, they get primetime games. They play uh, some of the best competition in the country. So he's going to certainly have his shot uh, to develop down there as well. I, I can't really see him playing at Minnesota as much as, you know, the the homegrown kid, the in-state kid. Uh, it's nice that he put Minnesota in his final four list. And I'm sure that he does have genuine interest in the program, just growing up around it. But I, I can't really see him committing to Minnesota uh, at this time. So I, I think this this is one of those 50-50s. I wouldn't be shocked if he picked Michigan, but I, I would be less shocked if he uh, ended up going south, whether it's Miami or LSU, one of those two schools. I, 
I, I think the way that kids stack these visits, I think it's very strategic. He, I, I don't know the kid by any means. I've never spoken with him, anything like that. But it, I'm just trying to think if I were a recruit, I would want to see the schools that I think I could commit to uh, at the very last spots, you know, so Minnesota was number one, Michigan was right sandwiched in the middle, and then he went to LSU and Miami. So I, I think it's more likely than not that he will be uh, somewhere in the South playing college football. I, I don't know which school it'll be. If I had to guess, I'd probably say Miami, but LSU I, I wouldn't be surprised either. Brian Kelly is a solid recruiter, despite being one of the biggest bozos as a college football coach. But uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go to either one of those two Southern schools. So uh, really, like you said, uh, it's hard to get a grasp of where this recruitment's at. Uh, but we'll certainly know on July 1st, which is this upcoming Friday. Uh, we'll know about him. And uh, I think it's Brian Kelly's prospects. dance moves. I think I think that's what <laughs> I think that's what Mr. Crosby will end for sure. It's, it's not the NIL. <laughs> you know, if if I were a recruit today, I I would go to LSU just to see Brian Kelly dance. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that's that, no doubt about that. There's screw no NIL, question. screw school <laughs> academics. I just want to see my coach dance. That's it. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I want to ask you a quick question. Um, yes. So out of these three, you know, three prospects we talk about, what, what would you consider a win for Michigan in terms of commits? Would you say two out of three? If they get two out of three, that's a, that'd be a big win for, for the Wolverines and these guys. Yeah, I, I would gladly take two out of three. I, I think Frederick Moore is kind of a lock at this point. I, I can't really see him committing elsewhere. So you got one. It, let's just assume that, you know, you got one in the bag. So you just got to get one of the defensive linemen to commit. If you can get, I like, I, I like Achim Pong and his upside quite a bit. He's a very raw prospect, but the build at six, seven, two fifty five, you can certainly do a lot with that. So if he were to commit to Michigan and let's just say Jackson Howard goes somewhere else, like, like I would view that as like a good day on the recruiting trail could have been better. Like I always try to set my sights as high as possible so obviously it could have been better if Jackson Howard committed to the program, but I would still be overall uh, decently happy. I'd say uh, with, with that hall. Well, what, what's your thoughts on that? What, what would you say is like a win for Michigan on July 1st? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, yeah. I was, I was just kind of asking you to see if you, if we kind of thought along the same lines, but yeah, I think if, if they got, you know, like I said, I think more is pretty much a lock. And if they, if they were able to lock in Etchie and Pong, you know, there um, that's, and then Howard went elsewhere. I think that would be, that would be a solid win for Michigan, especially, you know, when you consider kind of how things have trended in this 2023 class, you know, if you can get two of those three guys, you know, and, and one guy, one player being a really, you know, high end prospect, at least with a lot of upside and then another receiver that, you know, can contribute um, in the offense. And that would be, that'd be a good, a good day for Michigan football recruiting. I agree. That'd be the best day for Michigan football recruiting in a long time, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's been brutal with, uh, with this 23 class. It, it's, I think I said this on a podcast or two ago, but it, it's been troublesome for us to uh, talk about recruiting at times i i can't even imagine what it's like in shim hall i'm i'm sure they're pulling their hair out i mean it, you've had 
one player commit in the last uh, three months now. It's just uh, it kind of brutal. But uh, hopefully things kind of change this Friday. We'll certainly see if they're able to uh, uh, get a commitment, maybe two. Hell, maybe three. We'll certainly see what happens. I'm I'm eager and uh, excited to see where all this goes. But uh, that is all the time we have for today. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Seth, where are you at, my friend? Barry underscore Seth 14. And follow Maze and Brew, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just type in Maze and Brew. You'll find us, I'm sure. Uh, like and subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel for that support. We would greatly appreciate it. And uh, five stars on all of our podcasts on the Maze and Brew Podcast Network. We would certainly appreciate all that support as well. For Seth Barry, I'm Vaughn Lozon. We'll come back to you guys next week for some more Michigan football recruiting. Until then, go blue.